Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions Podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today we're going to be talking to Steve Miller on the ongoing theme, Things I Wish I Knew. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing very good. Great. Thanks for being here with us today. Uh, so, Steve, just to set some context, uh, this Things I Wish I Knew is a series that we've had going for a while. Uh, whenever we can get experienced missionaries to come in, we like to interview them. And it was prompted by an experience I actually had uh, in the EQUIP program, the apprenticeship that you're a mentor for in New York. Uh, one of the first-year missionaries, I was at a training in August, and he said, you know, if you were in our position and you were starting over, what do you know now that you wish you had known then? And so, like I said, whenever we have somebody on to interview, we like to ask them that same question. Uh, and you have a wealth of experience, a 50-year career plus, multiple continents, lots of leadership and mentoring and coaching. So I'd love to turn that question over to you. Uh, if you were starting over, what do you know now that you'd wish you'd known then? <clears throat> well, there's many things. I think uh, probably one of the, the top ones, it would be being aware that <clears throat> a life journey now that I've, I'm 73, being 50 years in missions, <clears throat> God has taken me and us, my wife and I, through a variety of changes that I never foresaw at the very beginning. I went out thinking, I'm going to Guadalupe, try to buy a piece of land, and I'll live there forever. Amen. Right. I ended up going to France for 10 years back in the States and uh, been involved in ministry. I never would have understood that. If somebody would have said, you're going to be on a journey, it's kind of like the children of Israel going across the desert, and God's going to show up in different ways, different times, and you can't you can't plan this thing out. I'm a control junkie, so I want to control my life. And I lost control way too, many times. And, and I guess learning to live with not having the need to control everything, putting it all back into God's hands, because he's going to navigate us through a variety of things. I think the younger generation now is going to experience that even in greater detail than the missionaries that went out when I went out. I had a lot of variations in my, in my journey, but a lot of my, the people that went out when I went out, they were, they'd been in the same place for 15, 20, 30 years right. or, or retiring. But, uh, as I, as I watch the landscape, I, I just find, uh, most people do not have a, perspective of begin with the end in mind. God is going to take you someplace. Yeah. And that's going to have all kind of detours, stoppages, uh, alterations in it that uh, if I would have known that, I think I would have been less frustrated or particularly wanting, I've often been times, I've oftentimes been called the energizer bunny. So I, <laughs> I'm very active. Right. And, but oftentimes that activity was misdirected and, and misunderstood because I, I couldn't figure out, God, what are you up to? You know, I got to do this or I got to do that. And uh, I think that would be very helpful for uh, a missionary to know that if you take the long haul, uh, God's going to have you going in many places and many ways you have never imagined or even could have planned or plotted. Right. That, that's been classic in my life. Yeah, talk to me about that, because I, I would love you to clarify something. So you say, begin with the end in mind. And when I hear that, I think, 
okay, if I were a missionary starting in the field, the end in mind is I go on there 10 years. At the end of 10 years, I have, you know, whatever church plant with this many leaders. But you're talking about a lifelong thing, begin with the end in mind. So how do you begin with the end in mind and still stay flexible enough to follow where God leads when that may be multiple contexts and it may be multiple positions or roles? What does that look like? Well, first of all, I think um, at the end of my life, I want to stand before Jesus and bring and give to him back what he gave put in me, mm-hmm. my spiritual gifts, my abilities, my my acquired skills, all of that. Uh, I believe when I, God gave them to me, he wants me to use them for kingdom purposes. Sure. So at the end of my life, I can stand before him and say, I used everything you gave me, right. and I did the best I could to multiply it and expand it, like whatever. The parable of the talents. Kind That's of right, thing. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the other part of that is, <clears throat> particularly in missions, uh, in France, I told my people that came to France, I, get, I said, I give you five years to be 75% effective. Hmm. They all laughed at me because as Americans, we're going to get there yesterday. We don't have to, you know, we'll just go as quickly as we can. It's all going to work out for us. <clears throat> and uh, almost every one of them came to me 10 years later and said it was probably closer to a 10-year turnaround than yeah. it was five years. And I think for people to realize that in my course with Bobby Clinton, Bobby says it's going to take people to arrive at a full and fairly good understanding of having 10 to 15 years of ministry under your belt so that you can experience a wide variety of things. So you can determine what is it you can, his term is have convergence toward the end of your life where you're doing the most with what you understand God has given you. To me, uh, as I look at my life, I feel like uh, since probably when I didn't get the presidency of the the new uh, merged mission, which I thought I was going to be, that was the best gift God ever gave me because I moved into a convergence mindset that I had not seen before that, which is sure. doing what I do best. Yeah, let, let's give a little context for that comment. So you were working with World Team, moving up in leadership, uh, and then didn't end up in the position that you thought you were working towards. Is that correct? Well, I was the president of World Team at the merger. I thought I was going to become the president of the merged mission. Sure. And I was not chosen, which was devastating. But it was through that that God exposed me to how am I wired? How am I gifted? Sure. What will be the best investment for my life? And, uh, I mean, it's 67 when we came to New York from uh, Atlanta and uh, all of our friends were saying, why are you going to New York? Because we came to New York because the giftedness we have fit the challenges we have here sure. to a T. I mean, it just, it was made for us, and yeah. we've been so overwhelmingly blessed by God using what was already there. So very you know, enthused, you're passionate about what you do. Most missionaries do not come to a deep understanding of who they are over their lifetime, so they're oftentimes working not in sync with how their giftedness. I'd also say most – I. I was gifted with several leaders 
who sponsored me into things. They looked ahead of me and put me into places where I could grow and evolve. Hmm. Um, I didn't go looking for them, though I did uh, early on find a man in my first uh, ministry in Guadalupe who was, uh, you know, 40 years in ministry. Yeah. He had so much wisdom. And I looked at him. He had no clue how to help me grow. So I had to go, and I used the term, I wanted to squeeze all the juice out of him about the culture and language and leadership and understanding that I could. And I would spend hours doing that. He never understood what I was doing. He just he was a very friendly man. Sure. And, but I grew so much just by doing that. So uh, maybe another area would be you're responsible for your own development. You hopefully your organization will help you, but you cannot guarantee that they are going to do it. Um, and right now, in my general opinion, I would say less than 50% of all mission teams in the world today are functional. What do you mean? So they're, they don't work well together. They're not highly effective or efficient or doing the ministry that they're set up to be. Um, and I find the, the biggest part is being choosing a leader who is going to help you grow or choosing a mentor who's going to help you grow. Sure. Uh, Bobby Clinton, in his statement on finishing well, has five things that he says are critical. And one of those is having a mentor all your life. Another is having a good perspective. How do you view things? Um as I was thinking about this last night, uh, I thought one of the things I need to be very aware of is that I only know about maybe 40 to 60 percent of true reality. I don't see everything as it really is. Sure. I need people to help me to have a better perspective. Clinton's term is uh, the difference between a leader and a follower is perspective. The difference between a leader and a better leader is a better perspective. Hmm. So how do I get perspective? I need people. I need books. I need people. I need uh, trainings. I need experiences that are going to shape my ability to see things in a clearer relationship of one thing to another. Uh, so, so let me pause you there and yeah. just make sure, because there's a lot of content there. There's a lot of <laughs> wisdom there. Uh, but I, I can pick out a few distinct things that you said. One is beginning with the end in mind, and it sounds like you mean not the end of maybe any specific initiative or any specific ministry position, but the end of what you want to become as a disciple maker and as a Christian leader. Is that right? Right, that right. Another one, and I really like the way that you phrase that, that you're responsible for your own development. And if I heard you right, it sounds like that means seeking out the resources, the mentoring, the the leaders that you want to be like and emulate, seeking those out and taking the initiative to learn from them. Uh, am I hearing you right on that? Exactly. Um, and the third one, and it's not so much that you said this, as you've said this other thing to me very many times, but you talked a lot about being a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, you, you never want to stagnate. You never arrive. Uh, and I hear some of that in what you're saying. Uh, I'm not sure, if, but that seems to me to be how you gain perspective and how you gain better perspective 
is that acknowledgement, like you said, that you don't know reality fully. That's right. That you're, you always have a limited understanding, always have a limited grasp. Um, that's all really great stuff. Um, how do you, how do you form that in others? If you were to start over, you, you know that now, mm-hmm. how would you go about learning that without just having to have the hard knocks to learn it? You know, how do you keep that in, in front of you as you work? Well, a lot of what I've learned in these areas, I, I really picked up since 1984, which is still a long ways away. But uh, one of the things I think is when you get something that's very core and very critical to expanding your ability to function, and Bobby Clinton's materials and his teachings that I was under um, have highly influenced me. Uh, He said one time, he said, Ministry flows out of being and results in doing. It took me five years to incorporate that into a value of my life. What do you mean by that? I say that phrase again and maybe explain what that means. Ministry flows out of being and results in doing. What I am internally has all the impact and importance for whatever ministry I'm going to do. Hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of, I've, I have some very good friends who basically fell out of ministry, some very, very critically. Uh, a good a church that supports us had a pastor who was uh, in a brand new building, $10 million building campaign, and they were just opening the building, and they found out he was having an affair with a stewardess. Why do these people fall? Because we think we can do it all. We need people to help us be aware of what's going on around us. I have weaknesses, I have needs, and I've got to be transparent and open so that I'm living in my true reality, not an idealized minister reality that really does not demonstrate who I am at the core of my own being. Right. So you, in the end, ministry is really more about who you are than what you do. That's right. If I hear you right. And that in order to sustainably and healthily stay in ministry, we need to be able to be exactly who we are and and where we are in our own growth and development rather than how we might wish people to perceive us to be. Is that yes, what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think one other thing I'd, I'd want to add in this um we have a, a term called a philosophy of effective ministry called a poem, P-O-E-M. But uh, I, I think what we're telling all of our people here in Equip is you better understand what is your philosophy of ministry. That could be how do you view the church? How do you view leadership? How do you view teams? How do you view evangelism? How do you, how do you view a, a variety of things? Sure. Because... Most people that are going overseas do not know what their philosophy of ministry really is. Right. They haven't had enough life experience. Two, they go to a field. A field has not even established one. I believe every field, every person has a philosophy of ministry. Most of us don't know what it is. We've never even written, written it down. So a lot of our people, as they go off to do vision trips in to go on a team or whatever, we're trying to equip them. Who are you? What are you about? What are the two or three core things 
you're going to die on that hill for those ideas. Right. If that team doesn't have it, I'm not going to go to that team. Right. Uh, so uh, I think I see that much more critical. Um, let me say, years ago there was a statement that most missionaries that leave the field prematurely leave because of interpersonal relationships. Yes. And I espoused that for many years. For the last 20, 25 years, I don't believe that anymore. Interesting. I believe people leave the field because I don't agree with your the philosophy of ministry of the team I'm on. Right. Because, But we don't know how to even talk about that level. We just talk about what? I don't like the way you're doing that. And, right. But we can't... We, we can't discuss what are our differences. We haven't learned that in the church, and we don't learn that on, a te- on teams. And that's, I believe, is part of the reason this high high percentage of dysfunctional teams is they've, n- they've never learned to sit down and talk about talk through things sure. in a very healthy way where we can disagree, but we can wrestle in a healthy way. Right. So if if they could learn to better articulate and collaboratively work through philosophy of ministry, it wouldn't have the same kind of interpersonal conflict that would cause people to leave the field. I know that's one of the things you guys have worked with a lot of the apprentices on is, you know, if they can bring their philosophy of ministry to the team they want to work with long-term or to the ministry they want to work with long-term, they can say in the beginning, this is not a good fit. We will not work together well. And there's no conflict around that. It's just a decision they can make knowledgeably rather than finding it out in the field and then blowing up. Uh, we, we had a couple this year who came going to a field. They'd already met the, the couple that was on the field. They'd already set up money to rent a house that they were going to go out to this field in Southeast Asia. And by the, the third month of Equip, they realized we're not on the same page. And they cut that relationship, and now they're joining a brand-new team that is being formed in the city and will be going, hopefully, to someplace in the in the, the Middle East uh, in the coming six to eight months. But they became aware these differences are critical. Yeah. And But I've got to know what what do I believe? What am I committed to? You can't be committed to 50 things. Right. It's four or five, three or four or five core things that I'm going to die on a hill for, maybe only two or three of those. Right. Absolutely. So uh, as we wrap this episode up, you know, if, if you were to – be able to give, you know, your, your former self starting out just a very short piece of advice or kind of mantra to live by. What is it that you wish you'd known? What do you, what would you say? I guess I, I wish I would have known that the journey's long and it's going to be, have a variety of, of aspects that I have no clue about right now. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good word, Steve. Thanks. You're welcome. Good to be with you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and thank you for joining us today on the Global City Mission Podcast. You can learn more not just about GCMI, but about the Equip Apprenticeship that Steve was talking about on our website at globalcitymission.org, or you can find out about us on our Facebook and Twitter.